Oh, funny. Good evening, church. All right, here we go tonight. Pretty exciting. Always glad to get here. And, and then when we get here, when I love hearing and hear the children run in their classrooms, you know, and they get excited. And that's pretty good. All right, well, let's go to uh, our great God in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for this very, very day, this hour, for this moment to uh, study your word. We ask, Lord God, your blessings upon us. Give us strength, please. Give us understanding, wisdom, and knowledge, and help us to uh, enjoy this evening together in sweet fellowship, and bless us to be able to leave this place uh, saying, Lord God, that it was good to be in the house of the Lord. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray and thank you, if it be that will. Amen. All right, uh, Proverbs chapter 4 to open us up tonight. Uh, <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 4, and the verse is 23. Our, our attitudes, positive mental attitudes. Tonight we're going to look at examples of positive mental attitudes in the scriptures. And then I want us to think about maybe, um, uh, maybe an instance of scripture that you could think of maybe or um, where there was someone who exemplified a positive mental attitude. We'll get to Jesus, Lord willing, uh, next week, because that's obvious, right? Uh, he's, he's, he's pretty easy. But, um, and he showed us how to live. But tonight, looking at Proverbs 4 and verse 23, first, uh, the Bible says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. And so, watching over your heart in, in, in every way, right? Not just watching over your your soul, spirit, but just watching over your heart. Just trying, trying not to find yourself, even in tonight's class, if you will, um, in, that, in, that, in that slump. And if you're there, how do we get out of it? And so uh, that's kind of what we've been talking about, how to maintain a positive mental attitude. Uh, one of my discussions today dealt with uh, Proverbs 23 and verse 7, as a man thinketh, so, uh, so is he, right? And so... If I, if I begin to um, go into that spiral of negativity, uh, that's where I'm going to be, right? I'm going to live there for a little bit and until, until I get myself out of it, right? I may have to use some, uh, some self-talk, right, to get out of it, but I need to get out of that, that spiral, if you will, of negativity. Uh, for as he thinks within himself, so is he. Uh, he says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you, Proverbs 23 and verse 7. So good attitudes, good attitudes bring success in life. And success in life, I'm not talking about necessarily filling our pockets, but rather success and happiness and joy, uh, relationships uh, with people, with uh, whomever they may be all over the world, uh, friends, enemies, etc. I want to look tonight at a few uh, folks in the scriptures that, that had a positive mental attitude. I want to talk about that. Think about maybe how they, how they muster that up, or what was it in them, or about them, or about their situation that, that brought them to this place where they found the ability to be positive when they could have gone the complete opposite, in the opposite direction. So the first one I want to talk about is Abraham. Abraham is interesting because Genesis 12, Abraham's one of those uh, characters in the Bible that we might say even in life who just, you know, he just doesn't really question God, you know, in Genesis 12 in particular, right? Just kind of goes with the flow. You know, think about what would happen if, if one day you woke up and, and God said this to you. 
uh, Genesis 12 and verse uh, 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, uh, Go forth from your country and from your relatives, from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and in you all the families of the earth will or shall be blessed. Next verse. So Abraham went forth as the Lord has spoken to him. I mean, just, I mean we don't know the time frame between the, the, the command, <clears throat> excuse me, the command, and when he actually left, but it's like he just, there's no dialogue in there. Like, well, you know, Lord, north, south, east, or west, north, west, north, east, you know, south, east, there's no dialogue, at least recorded, right? There's no recorded dialogue. He just, guy just gets up and, and, and just, okay, God said go, so here we go. Look at chapter, look at verse 4. And so Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, uh, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And so I, I'm not saying there wasn't prep time. And, and I mean, I'm just, the recorded uh, text just gives us the indicator that Abraham didn't question God about it. He just, God said go, so he, he went. Uh, there are people that, and in, in maybe in your walk of life that you found that just, I mean, they're, just, they're not just faithful. Um, I mean, they are like super faithful, right? And I don't even know how to describe that, but they're just, they're always there. And they've always been there. And maybe you were a child growing up, and they've always been there. And they've always had the same demeanor, and they're always happy, and they're always just, they're just those people you can look at and talk to and go, man, just... You know, this guy is always, this lady is always, and, and, and so who are those people? So there are people, wonderfully and beautifully, in the Lord's body who are, who are just plain and simply just that way, right? How do you get that way? How does a person always have this, this demeanor, this attitude of, of trusting, simple trusting faith in God, right? And I believe that Abram, uh, you know, this is part of his character because you all know that's not the first time he did this, right? Um, I want to I go jump to Hebrews 11. Yeah, let's go jump, jump to Hebrews 11 first, and then we'll come back to Genesis uh, a second time. I just want to introduce this, and then we'll, I want us to begin talking about this subject. So Hebrews chapter 11, when God speaks of Abram, a hero of faith, verse 8, by faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive, an inheritance and went out not knowing where he was going. So again, it's just God didn't give him direction. You know, he, he pulled up the Google, but it didn't it didn't register, right? There's nothing there, right? And so he just God said, just go. And so many of us uh, we need to know more detail. Not not Abram. He just God said, go. What's there to talk about? Not bad. Verse seventeen. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he, who had received the promises, was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, and Isaac, your descendant, shall be called. And he considered that God is able to raise, raise men from the dead, from which he also received them back as, as a type. Right? So, Genesis 22. Genesis 22 he did it by faith, right? So the first time, Hebrews 12, he did it by faith. God said, go. He, he got up and he, and he left. And when you read 
Genesis 22, remember what happened in Genesis 12. God said, go. And so it says, so Abraham went. And then Genesis uh, 22 gives us a real, the time indicator, right? Uh, verse 1. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham? And he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So again, he goes not knowing where he's going. God didn't tell him which mountain. Well, he told him Moriah, but he didn't, he didn't show him where exactly he was going to that mountain. And so what did Abram do? You know, he thought about it. He contemplated and he waited a couple days. Is this really what God wants me to do? No, that's not what it says. So verse uh, 3. So Abram rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him uh, and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. He didn't discuss it with Sarah first. He didn't have a powwow meeting with all the brethren. He just, this is what God told me to do, so... Is it really that simple? I think, you know, when I think about doing the will of God, is doing the will of God really that, that simple? What do you think? Was there more to it? It should be, right? Is that not the example? Did it work out for Abraham? Abram at that time? Of course, right? Did, does, does God lead us into a trap? Right. Remember, we, we love we, we love and we serve a good God. Right? He's the only good God because He's the only God. He never He doesn't lead us into some place of disaster or catastrophe. He's, he always leads us ultimately home, but He leads us where He needs us to be, and He, he puts us in the right places uh, at the right times. And and we can all say, I think we can all argue this: God has been extremely good to all of us. Right? I mean, extremely. Good. And if we argue that one, just flip on YouTube and look at one of those third world countries and then go, yep, they're extremely good to all of us. And so we could say, thank you, God. So it should be as easy as, as Abraham, who doesn't argue with the Lord. He just, he just does what thus saith the Lord. And what, what, would, what would it look like if the church, if we did that, we just, all of us, each of us, we didn't argue with the Lord. We just, we just did what he said to do. Right, come to worship. Right, don't. I mean, I know the temptations, etc. We, we're busy. I know, but come to worship because that's what God told us to do. Right? And do it with joy, right, and excitement in our hearts. And okay, so I wanted to set that up th- tonight, and um, just to just to carry us along from Abraham or Abram at that time that we accept and we obey what God's telling us. Now I want to get to something that because I, I I wanted to start out with the extreme. Maybe it's not extreme, but it should be. This is, this is the model that we should strive after. God says do it. You know, we used to say, uh, um, God said it, I believe it, and that's that. But the reality is God said it, and that's that. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I believe it or not. <laughs> kind of kept, but you know, it was still a good, catchy phrase and idea. So that's what it's supposed to be like. Um, now, Joseph um, is not what it's supposed to be like. Right? What a terrible uh, life growing up. But it happens. That's real life. Real life uh, struggles and difficulties happen. I want us to look at the life of Joseph. I want us to 
try to discover what Joseph saw and what Joseph knew that I'm sure we see and we know, but if we don't, we'll talk about it a bit or we'll at least encourage each other to, to, to get there. And then how we can translate what Joseph saw and what Joseph knew into our lives so that we can maintain a positive mental attitude throughout all the days of our lives, right? And a positive mental attitude doesn't necessarily mean that you're, um, you know, you're, you're always smiling and you're always laughing, but it means you're always moving forward in a positive direction with the Lord, right? That's, that's what it means, okay? So Joseph, uh, Genesis 37, beginning at uh, verse, verse 5, Genesis 37 and verse 5. The relationship was um, that he had with his father. It wasn't his fault. He was a child of, uh, his father was, you know, showed some favoritism, which wasn't right. He was 17 years old. Uh, he was the baby, if you will. Uh, he was sent out to check on his brothers. his brothers. His brothers had an issue with him. They weren't very kind to him. Verse 5 of Genesis 37 says, Then Joseph had a dream. This is his other problem, right? God, God had a mission for Joseph that he didn't have for the brothers. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Right? How do you deal with brothers like that? Family members, right? Say, oh, this is pretty real. <laughs> How do you deal with siblings like that? Or even on our job with people who, who might treat us with disdain or hatred or they show favoritism uh, against us, you know. Uh, they, you know, they favor other workers on the job. They, they, they're just not being fair. You've earned it, uh, but they, they just won't give in. They won't, they won't give you what you deserve based on your abilities and based on what you do. How do we handle that at work? How do we maintain a positive attitude regardless of the way others treat us? Any ideas? We're going to come back to it. Look at verse 18. The next one says, When they saw him uh, from a distance, they uh, and before came up close to them, they plotted against him to, they're going to kill him. Right? They're going to put him um, to death. So he's severely uh, ill-treated. The psalm tells us that uh, they, they put fetters on his feet. They hurt his feet. So he was injured as well. And they threw him into the pit, so he may have been injured there as well. He goes off to Egypt. You know the account. He spends two years, you know, a few years in prison, gets out, goes back to prison. He just has a hard, hard go at it um, in life. And then as, as he continues in life, it, things just never seem. I mean, it's like you take one step forward and ten steps backward. You've heard that before, right? He, he takes a step forward and he gets out of jail and then Potiphar's wife comes along and accuses him. And he goes back to jail. And he did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong with his brothers. He's just uh, a child who's gifted by God. And he, had, he just had a hard, he had a hard go at life. Um, then he, the, the, the baker and the cupbearer come into jail. And he tells them the interpretation of the dream. And he says, don't forget me. And they, they left him. They forgot. They forgot all about him uh, until, until God... Uh, intervene and, and and then he gets out of jail and you know 
the rest of the account. How in the world did Joseph stay positive in prison, incarcerated, right? Knowing he was innocent. You know, and by the way, the word prison probably isn't a fair word to use. You know, use dungeon <laughs> instead, right? That's kind of what it, more so uh, what it would have been, not like our prisons today. How do you do that? Yes. Sure. Right. Sure. Sure. Right. 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 And so that's the end of the story. And I'm going to go there because you're right, because you're right. Genesis 50. But before he knows that, right, because he doesn't know that yet. He doesn't know that he's going to become, you know, second man in charge and going to get a wife and, you know, children and going to have a happy life. And the last half of the, the first 17, 19, 21, 23 years of his life, oh, terrible Maybe not even the whole 17, but anyway, or 23. But a lot of those years, terrible. But then all of a sudden, from that point forward until he's, what, I don't know, 60. I don't remember what age he was when he died. But, you know, he had a really just an amazing life uh, with God. But he didn't know that was going to happen. Right? So how did he, how did he maintain um, a positive mindset uh, during the days of trouble and difficulty right and i and you said the word perspective right he didn't have those dreams i mean those dreams came from god right? yes go ahead exactly right exactly right right that's right so when when you think about his perspective of life when he was wherever he was his brothers uh, in the pit going off to the Chaldeans and Egypt being sold. Do you think he realized that God was with him? Right? They, there must be a reason as to why I'm, I'm leaving to go to Egypt. Now think about Joseph's um, situation. He's his father's favorite, has a coat of many colors, and, and though the brothers didn't like him, daddy was protecting him. If God said, Joseph, the same command he gave to Abraham, I want you to go to Egypt, I don't know that Joseph, I mean, I, this is all speculation. I don't know that Joseph would have had such an easy time to go like Abraham did. He did, didn't he? Daddy had him covered, you know, right? He was, the boys were out in the field. He was at home, right? Uh, and so, I mean, it had been a little more difficult for him to leave, but, but God sometimes makes us leave, right? So perspective, though. He knew that God had given him dreams for a reason, right? Later, we find that, you know, Jacob, you know, took some of the things into his heart. It came from God. He knew it came from God. And there was a reason for those dreams. There's something about those dreams. God is going to use me for something, but I don't know what he's going to use me for. And he had this perspective that it's, it's God who's with me because he was still true to God, like you're saying, after he got out of prison the first time, and then Potiphar's wife, he's holding fast his integrity, isn't he? He's staying true to God, right? And that's, that's perspective, right? It's not God who's harming me. God has a purpose, right? I'm, I, I missed that promotion for some reason. I don't know the reason, but you know what? I, I don't need it because if I, if I needed it, God would have made sure I had it. I don't know if you've ever missed a promotion before or 
maybe not a, you know, whatever it is in life where you, were go, where you had an opportunity for something, the next level or the next step, and, and it didn't happen, you know, we have to learn how not to worry about those things because this world perspective is not our what? Home. We're just passing through. And we, and we have to know and believe and trust that God really does have us. On the, he's got us. You stay faithful, and he'll take care of you. Is that still true, though? Right? I, mean, I mean, it was true, right? Has, it cha- has God changed? No, it's still true, isn't it? Perspective. And that perspective, though we know through the emotion, and as you continue on on Joseph's account, uh, when he sees his brothers and he asks about his father and his younger brother and the emotion that goes along with that. But, but at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, when we end the book of Genesis, if you will, the account of Joseph, it's exactly what uh, Stephen said, that, that he recognized that, you know, this was all God, right? This was, this, was, this was all God. And so was it really as, as bad? It was, it was a tough, tough life. But man, this is all God. If I had known that God wanted me to go to prison for just a few years, and then when I got out, God would bring me, I mean, I still might not want to go to prison. Right? But this is all God. So in, in chapter 50, his brothers hadn't changed. right? They concocted a story. They lied on their father uh, out of fear. Uh, they pretty much kind of remained the same. But I'll tell you what happens. When, when, when tough things happen and you walk into your car, you say, oh, wait a minute. I have a car. You start counting your blessings. I have a home. I have a home to sell. I have a home to keep. I can upgrade. I can downgrade. I can do this. I have all of this. Um, I must be careful um, worrying about what I've lost. Right? When you're in the stock market, you're going to do a lot of that, right? We do a lot of that up and down, up, right? But instead, rather focus on what you have. Right? Thank you, God, for what I have. And, and what I have is my soul. Right? That's number one. And I have a home in heaven. And I can just see Jesus. He's talking to Peter and the apostles. And he says, um, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And I can see them going, whoa, wait, whoa. You know? And then Jesus smiling and saying, but take courage. Right? Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, in my Father's house. Our, 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 our many dwelling places. And he talks about going to prepare a place for them and the joy. Keep your focus, perspective. Keep our focus where? In heaven. Right? So this is what Jesus did. You can imagine this in the scriptures. Jesus lived on earth as a human, but his mind was in heaven. Right? That's where he was. He was I know he was here on the earth and he was doing, but, but he was focused on heaven, not on the earth. Because there's no way to get through what Jesus got through without having the proper perspective. And his perspective was, if you think about this, that we're only here for a little while, and then we get to go home. So while you're here, do the Father's will, and then watch what the Father has 
in store for you. And Jesus says things like, I know where I came from, and I'm going back. And so we can just remember where we're going, right, based on the scriptures and God's grace and mercy. It will help us to keep the right attitude even in these difficult times. So, so Joseph, I can imagine, takes a step back and says, look at all that I have. I mean, look at, look at all that I have. Why do I have to worry about my brothers? The dreams were for a purpose. They came true. And I'm in God's place. I don't need to be in that petty place where, oh, I'm going to put my thumb on my brothers and make them pay the price for what they've done for me. In other words, Joseph had forgiveness in his heart, right? Because he had his mind in the right place. Perspective, right? So verse, um, where are we? Chapter 50. We'll look at verse, I guess we'll start at verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph should bear a grudge against us and pay us back in full for all the wrong which we did to him? Well, now these guys are saying, whoa, okay, Joseph's in charge. No one can tell him no, right? He can do whatever he wants. So isn't it funny how the role reversal is like, it's like uh, Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate, but the role reversal, because when Pontius dies, he's going to stand before Jesus. Isn't that great, right? So the same thing happens here, that Joseph stood before his brothers who had the power over him, and look at the role reversal. And now the brothers have to stand before Joseph, who has the power over them. And there's nothing they can do about it. So they say, whoa, Joseph, you know, might bear a grudge. Why, why wouldn't he? Right, he's human. Right? Isn't it easier to bear a grudge than to forgive? What do you think? Yeah, no, it's not actually. <laughs> I mean, it's easier to do it naturally because that's part of what we do. But it's not what we're supposed to do. And, and inside of your head, it's not easier, right? It's kind of funny when, um, when, when, <laughs> when you're, you're, you're playing a, a sport, um, you know, so here I am boxing, you know, when someone punches you, you want to punch them back, right? But, you know, don't punch me. But you're in a, you know the number one rule? Don't get angry. He's supposed to punch you. <laughs> oh. right? How do you maintain control? You can't lose control. You lose control, it gets worse which is funny, right? So when you think about life, God says, don't hold a grudge. Because if you hold a grudge, it's going to hurt you. Right? Instead, forgive. It's going to help you. We've seen that over and over again through the scriptures, right? You start in Genesis and work your, all the, your way all the way through. You see the thread, and here it is all the way through. And you know what? It's right. It, it's consistent. So Joseph had already forgiven, but these brothers are thinking to themselves, why would he forgive us, right? We never forgave him, at least in the days we were with him, right? In the days they were with him, they saw him and they wanted to kill him. Their anger grew. Their frustration grew. So, verse 16, they sent a message, a message to Joseph saying, your father charged before he died, saying, now they're just liars, right? See, you know, see what happens when you're in evil? When you're in evil, you have to keep you have to keep lying, and you have to stay in evil. You know, at some point, you've got to step away from it. And, and so they, they just, and why are they being evil? Remember what Satan said, skin for skin. They'll do anything to save their own skin, 
right? Oh yeah, let's make a lie, right? That's just, that's just us. But instead, just come clean and tell the truth. But if we tell the truth, we might, we might have done to us what we did to him. Okay. 17, thus you shall say to Joseph, please forgive. I beg you, the transgression of your brothers and their sin, for they did wrong. And now please forgive the transgression of your servants, the servants of God, your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Okay. All those memories come up. Right? You're just bringing up old stuff. Or was it, do you really think I'm that, I'm that kind of guy? I don't know why. I don't know the, the weeping. There's just emotion in there. And there's whatever's going on in the mind of, of Joseph. You know, his father's passed away. And so there is weakness. But, but, but Joseph's response is what's, what's important to us. Uh, and, and it's in verse 18. Then his brothers also came and fell down before him. Back to that dream. And said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Okay. For I am where? I'm in God's place. Right? And if you had not done what you did to me, although you guys were evil, I wouldn't be here. I am in the right place. Perspective. Right? So you can have a positive mental attitude when you recognize that God knows where you are. Right? And if he wanted you somewhere else, you'd be there. And, and whatever God has to do to get you there, he'll get you there. If we started going through our stories of life about how we got from point A to point B or et cetera in our relationship with the Lord, et cetera, in life, we'd have amazing and interesting stories, at least interesting stories, right? Like, how did you get here? You know, what possessed you to come to Alaska or, or, or Maine or wherever it is that you were, were living in or what, what brought you here? How did you, and then you go back and you look at your, your spiritual journey and you, and you, you realize that you know, one thing or another happened and you had choices and you, you, and you start thinking about it and you go, you know, why am I here? And it's not that God necessarily is saying, we're talking about providence now, that we had to be here. We, we had choices, we had options, but when you came here, you found, some of us found, uh, found Christ, right? Some became Christians here in Alaska. Um, maybe that wouldn't have happened in lower 48, right? Some, and then as you walk through life and you realize God put certain people in uh, certain places just because, you know, that's what God does. So Joseph says, I know why I'm here, because God put me here. Right? And so how long has Joseph known that? Obviously for uh, quite a long time. He even says, God put me here to save the world, basically, right? A type of Jesus in one sense. And so perspective. Does my mind, am I able in, in my, my mind to realize God's true blessing upon me, even if it were my choice for coming here, but that God blessed my choice for coming here or, or there or whatever it may be. Things happen uh, in life. So I've written down a, a few ideas. Okay. Severely mistreated. I uh, forgave. And I believe it's easier to forgive if you see the big picture not always easy to see the big picture in the beginning. But maybe over time, he was able to step back and take a look at the big picture, right? And the big picture is, I had a few years of misery, right? Maybe eight, 
you know, from maybe 15 to being incarcerated in those years after. And I've had amazing blessings thereafter. And so instead of being embittered, right, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to forgive. And I'm going to thank God every day for bringing me to this place, right? Because this is where God needs me. And this is where God wanted me to be. That's seeing the big picture. The next thought in having a positive mental attitude, um, he realized that, that God, um, again, had, had been behind, behind the situation in that, that God wanted him to be in Egypt. He didn't have to come in that way, but God needed him in Egypt. So it's not always that God makes things happen in that sense to make us come from one location to another, but God can use us wherever we are. So if we move from here uh, down to uh, Texas, God can use us. Just be faithful to God. Perspective. Keep your life, keep our minds focused always on what I can do for God. Because one thing we know is that we can count the blessings of what God has already done for us. Right? And so perspective is, is really important in maintaining a positive mental attitude. All right. Um, remembering that this life is not it. Heaven is. Right? So as a child of God, we've got to focus on heaven. Think about heaven. Don't worry about all the bad stuff that goes on down. You just turn the news on and, man, you can be really depressed quickly. Don't, you know, focus on heaven. Think about the fact that God has prepared a place for us. And again, I've mentioned this several times, and I, I think there's a lot of merit to it, that uh, Jesus came to the earth, and then he says, I go to prepare a place for you, which means it's going to be exceptional. You know, God is already great without a shadow of a doubt, but the fact that he came to the earth and he experienced what we experienced as, you know, a man, uh, and then he says, I know what you guys need. I've been there. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. It's got to be absolutely incredible, right? And so we take that, we, we, we relish in that joy and excitement, and we always look forward to and count our heavenly home, right? And it's coming, right? For some of us, sooner than, than later, chronologically speaking, right? So uh, we, we're thankful to our God. All right. Uh, the next one, Moses. Before we go to Moses, we're going to Moses next. Have you thought of one yet? You can think of, Pat told me, don't pass him over because he always has something to say. I never know if he's raising his hand or if he's signing. <laughs> Am I good? Can I continue? All right. Mushing on. Moses is where I'm going. But have you thought of one yet? An idea, a thought? About positive, a positive mental attitude and perspective in life. And maybe what, what you've read in the Bible over the years. What kept you going? Yes. Okay. That's not in my Bible. No, just kidding. You're right. Yeah, looking ahead. Continue. 
As a, as a Christian, when we retaliate in revenge, as opposed to doing what Luke uh, 6 tells us to do, um, you, feel, you feel bad afterwards? It's not even worth it, is it? Because you feel horrible. You're like, oh, now I have to go to work tomorrow and say I'm sorry. <laughs> if I just kept my mouth shut. You know, but, but perspective and following God's law. And yes, Joseph, obviously we're looking forward and Wow, did he see that picture? Obviously, we, we, would, um, we would say this, that regardless of what Joseph knew and understood, we see that picture. Right? And it is the best way to live, to not take out our own revenge, to love our enemies and those who despitefully use us, to be, you know, to be kind and gentle and friendly. Go ahead. things about God's genius in regards to heaven is so we fight selfishness right but we want to go to heaven yeah, a little bit of selfishness in there I want to get there um, but then God added this this extra component uh, to really help us and this is where your faithful Christian loved ones are you want to get back you want to see them again right and God a genius so you keep that focus on that place that's going to bring not only the reward of heaven from God to you, but also give you what you want, and that is to be with your loved ones again. And what a joy. So you're right. Keep it, he kept the focus on heaven for us. We keep it on heaven for ourselves, and then also for our loved ones as well. And that helps, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it helps, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 And so the answer is the attitude has to be about God. Um, because when I started writing, um, this today and, and, and thinking about these and you know and I was like you know yeah Daniel put Daniel in there I was like no no can't put Daniel in you know and you go through because because then I have to keep saying the same thing over and over again keep your attitude on, about God keep thinking about God what's God's will what's God's will and then you'll say well we can't always think about God's will but that's what we're supposed to do right it's always what, what is God's will what does God want from me right what does God want that's what Jesus did is what you said right 
What, is, what does God want? What does God want? What does God want? Right? Can I say that every Sunday morning? Just go up to the pulpit and hear my sermon today. What does God want? What does God want? You tell me. What does God want? And just do that for, you know. And then people say, well, stop saying that. Well, have you answered the question? <laughs> what does God want? You know, am I willing to live my life thinking about what does God want? Joseph did that. Abraham did that. Moses did that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did that. Paul did that. That. Oh, wait, everybody that's followed God did that. That's the key component to life. What does God want? Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. What does God want? That's kind of easy, isn't it? <laughs> I can keep a positive mental attitude if I always think about what does God want and do what God wants me to do. Uh, what a wonderful Thing. The, only, the only problem that I might come up with is to say that, yeah, but the enemy doesn't play by the same rules. It's true. But what does God want? Right? Um, so Moses... Oh, yeah, okay, here we go. What, is, what does Pat want to say? <laughs> so, before I became a Christian, my attitude was, well, doing this against me, doesn't matter. I'm smarter than him. I'm not going to allow him to conquer me emotionally and physically this way. That was before I became a Christian. Now I'm a Christian. Now I can see, you know, I see in, in the Bible explaining, and Jesus and different apostles explain that you have false teachers coming to the world, things become worse and worse. So when things become worse, it's exactly what the Bible says. So I know God's in control. And we keep going back to that. God's in control. Always, no matter what's happening. If we can see it in the world, if I know it's going to become worse, okay, that means I need to stay more focused on what I need to do. We're being warned about what's going to happen, about attitudes of the world become mm -hmm. more popular. And you can see it happening with laws that before was against the law, but now it became law and different things. So it becomes worse, okay. It's exactly what the Bible said, what it's going to be. So I know God's in that's a very good point. Uh, what happens? Trust me. Evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, right? First Timothy 3, uh, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15. It's going to get worse, you're right. Um, so instead of, instead of saying that uh, or questioning that, whether God is in control or not, uh, rely on God and know he's in control. So, yeah, you're right. Thank you for that. Uh, that's powerful to know, to think about. It's supposed to be this way. Right? It's supposed to be this way. It makes sense, right? Any other? Yes? Yeah, uh, we talk a lot about wanting to be in heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, but as, as, as a matter of fact, I could never want to be in heaven more than God wants me to be in heaven. Correct. Right. But if, if I want to be in heaven for my own benefit, 
sure, sure, sure. That's a that's a checkup there. That's a really in-depth checkup, right? Um, because you you might be talking about in that thought, um, am I am I being that selfish? You know, that could be selfishness in in that um, perspective. Though we're talking about perspective and. Right, right. So in other words, you have to go the next step to, through obedience, right? So, uh, yeah, loving God, certainly. Uh, wh- I want to be what God wants me to be. And that means I'm going to have to sacrifice some things. And I'm willing to do it because that's what God asked me to do. And so, um, yes, that's just take... That's taking it to the next step. Thank you for, for that. Any other comments? I think that was the second bell. Yep. Yes, go ahead. No, it no, was the second bell. Okay. All right. Well, time's up. Thank you for your uh, input tonight. Really appreciate it. And we'll dismiss. We'll come back low willing and pick, uh, pick this up in just a moment. Well, not in a moment, but next week. <laughs> low willing. <laughs>